Bibles with you this morning, would you get them out and turn them to Paul's writing to Timothy, the second letter that he wrote, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're actually going to be looking at two different sections of Scripture. Chapter 2, I want to read two verses, verses 3 and 4, and then I want to skip over to chapter 4, where we'll read verses 7 and 8. Um, For those of you that don't have your Bibles, it uh, should be on the screen for you in just a moment. So would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of the Lord? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul writes to Timothy here in verses 3 and 4, Thou therefore endureth hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. If you turn over to chapter 4, I want you to see two verses there that we'll focus on. The Apostle Paul writes, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Heavenly Father, as we hear the reading of the word of the Lord, we ask that, Father, now the Holy Spirit would come and impart wisdom unto us. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would make your word come alive in our hearts and in our minds. As we celebrate this Memorial Day weekend, and as we think about uh, lives lost and, and freedoms gained, or as Josh shared earlier, the fact that The Lord Jesus Christ went to Calvary's cross so that we could be free from the penalty of our sin. And our soldiers went to war so that we could be free to be able to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're thankful, Father, today that we are here today with freedoms. And we give you praise and honor for the men and women who paid the ultimate price as you did for us. Now, Lord, hear our words. Move our hearts, and let not my words interfere with your work. And may you use me in a way that only God can, hiding me behind that precious gift of the cross, so that they would see the sacrifice that you have made for all who put their faith and trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I want you to know that Memorial Day is a special day. And special days are known throughout all of history. And even biblical history, if we were to go back and see through the Bible, we can find many occasions that God had set up times of memorial and times of special occasions that to which Israel still celebrates many of them today. And such is true throughout American history as well. Tomorrow... We celebrate our national holiday known as Memorial Day. Now I've read, as probably you have as well, a couple of different versions of how our Memorial Day came into existence, and I wanted to just remind you of those two. The first version goes something like this. In April 1863 in Columbus, Mississippi, after decorating the graves of two of her two sons who served during the Civil War as a Confederate soldier, An elderly woman also decorated two mounds at the corner of the cemetery. An observer asked, what are you doing? 
These are the graves of two Union soldiers. Her reply was, I know. I also know that somewhere in the north, a mother or a young wife mourns for those that, as we do for ours. This lady and a few others perhaps set in motion what has become a tradition, a holiday, but really a remembrance of memorial. The second version goes something like this. The custom of placing flowers on the grave of the war dead began on May 5th, 1866 in Waterloo, New York. And Waterloo was, has been re recognized by Congress as the official birthplace of Memorial Day. In 1868, Grant, General John A. Logan, the president of Grand Army of the Republic, declared that May 30th would be a day to decorate with flowers the graves of comrades who have died in defense of their country during the late rebellion known as the Civil War. And then after World War I, the day was set to honor all of the American wars, and the custom was extended to pay homage to the deceased relatives and friends, both in the military and in civilian life. Now, on Memorial Day, we have come to make it a custom that we honor the memories of all those who have died in the military and in service of the United States of America, and to our families, our loved ones who have gone on ahead of us. We would do well to remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice to ensure our freedoms that we enjoy this morning. There has been hundreds of thousands of great soldiers in this country's history. And the truth is, we may not know them all, but we owe them all a great debt of gratitude. While we honor the war dead throughout Americans' histories this morning, another great soldier comes to mind. Jesus was the greatest of all soldiers. Even while we honor our war dead and our resurrected warrior, there is yet another group of faithful warriors and soldiers that leaps to my mind. I'm reminded of those in Christ's army, those who have died in the battlefields of faith for the legacies that they have left behind. I refer to the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, what we call the Hall of Faith, where God is recorded for all of the annals of time here on out that there are those men and women to be remembered, men and women who, who preserve the, our precious faith, who were soldiers of the cross and who died so that we could continue to proclaim today the Savior who died for us. I want to honor them. I want us to honor those fallen soldiers as we think of these people who have sacrificed so much for us. I want to remind us of a very awesome truth. One day, one day, and for some closer than others, our lives will be over. One day, every person in this room will simply be a memory of those living on this planet. When it comes time for you to leave this world, what kind of legacy are you leaving behind? 
When people remember the kind of person that you were, will they remember you as a soldier of the cross or just one who sat on the sidelines? The time to think about that is now. Because after we are gone, it will be forever too late. As the Apostle Paul neared the end of his life, as he languished in a Roman prison, he wrote chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, to young Timothy to remind him of the faithfulness of his life. From that cell, the great apostle took steps to ensure that he would be remembered as a good soldier of the cross. He took the time to write to a young uh, preacher boy, and gave him the secrets to become a great soldier. It is that thought that I want us to consider for the next few moments together as we look at what the Apostle Paul encouraged Timothy. And my prayer is that it will encourage and inspire us and challenge each of our hearts to become a better or the best soldier that we can for the glory of the Lord. The day that you asked Jesus into your heart was the day that you signed up for His army, whether you knew it or not. And that's why the Apostle Paul gave us in Ephesians chapter 6 how to get dressed every morning as a soldier because we go to battle as a Christian every day. I want to share with you five things very quickly, as quickly as I can, as to how to recognize and how to uh, give recognition to the good soldier. First of all, he is a follower. In, in chapter 2 and, and verse 3, we find that it, it talks about, therefore endure hardness of a good soldier of Jesus Christ. This simply implies relationship. The first step in joining any army, especially the Lord's army, is no one becomes a soldier until they first get into the army. This is the accomplishment that we have when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. The Bible tells us that, that in Ephesians chapter 2, it's by grace through faith that we come into that relationship with Him. And it also implies rank. As a follower in the military, we need to remember that there is always someone who outranks us. Someone who is higher on the chain than we are. The same is true in the Lord's army. Every child of God is under and outranked by Jesus Christ, our Savior. Being that He outranks us, we are responsible for following Him and His will in our lives. The Bible tells us that we are to pick up our cross every day and follow Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verses 19 and 20, here's what he, Paul said. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and are not of your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ through the gift of salvation. We are outranked by our Savior. We are under His authority. It also implies rule. 
To refuse to follow the orders in the army is called treason. I think that we as Christians fail to realize that 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 is an important statement even for the Christian. When you and I refuse to do what God is, is asking us to do or commanded us to do, we're committing treason. We're telling God, I don't care. I'm going to do it my way. There are rules that are placed in the army so that soldiers know to follow them. And God has placed rules within His book as well. When we're in the Lord's army, we have an obligation to obey the orders that He has given unto us, even unto death. Notice the call of Christ after that, that has not changed. Jesus reminds us to His disciples, If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. When we refuse to live as the Lord desires, we have crossed the line as a follower to a traitor. James chapter 4 verse 17 reminds us, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. We need to be a follower. We need to follow our Savior wherever he leads. Into battle and out of battle, into victory, into defeat even. We need to follow him. A good soldier is also faithful. Faithfulness can be seen in several ways. First of all, in his patience. Again, looking at what Paul wrote Timothy in in verse 3. Endure the hardships and do not quit. A good soldier realizes that there will be troubles along the way and it is not to deter him from service. He understands the pain is often part of the Christian experience. The Bible tells us, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 speaks to the very characteristic of a man who is not swayed uh, uh, from his deliberate purpose and his loyalties to faith and purity even in the greatest of trials and tribulations. Let your life be offered as a sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord. It's not only his patience, but it's also his faithfulness is seen in his priorities. If you look at verse 4, it reminds us that he doesn't let the things of this world entangle him. He separates himself and focuses on the mission ahead. A good soldier has no higher goal than that of pleasing his superior. The good soldier knows that everything which interferes with his performance in the military must be put away. I've heard that statement many, many times, a good marine is squared away. It simply means that you don't allow the things of the world to, uh, to get in your way of what your mission is as a soldier is. The good soldier wants to please a superior and does whatever it takes to get that job done. Ask yourself the question this morning, who comes first in your life? What comes first in your life? 
Whatever or whoever it is, that is the God in which you have placed in your life. Pleasing Jesus ought to be the first priority of every good soldier. Matthew reminds us that Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Put me first is our command. The third thing that we see about the recognition of a good soldier is he is familiar. Now, I don't mean that we know all the soldiers, but he's familiar with things that he needs to know. He takes time to learn and to study and to be uh, in tune with what is his surroundings around him. So let me just share a few things that he needs to be familiar with. He's familiar with the sound of his commander's voice. John chapter 10 and verses 3 through 5 tell us that the sheep know my voice. And when he calls out, the sheep respond. They don't go to anybody else but him. They call, come because he calls. And when he speaks, they know it's him. And for the last several months, for, for six months now, coming on six months, we have been telling you that the way that you get to know the, the Savior's voice, the way that you get to be familiar with it, is by spending time in this book. And we've given you a weekly reading plan so that you don't have to wonder what you should read, but we've given you steps in which so that you can hear the voice of God. It's our desire that after a year of spending in the Word every week, that you will recognize the Savior's voice and you will follow Him when He calls. If we spend enough time with the Lord, we will recognize His voice and we will not be fooled by imposters. He's also familiar with the skills of using His weapons. Again, the more that we spend time in this book, the more that we understand what weapons we have available before us. This book talks about putting on the whole armor of God, but it reminds us that we do it through the power of prayer. We need to understand that the greatest tool that we have as Christians, the greatest weapon that we have for changing this world is to get on our knees before the Lord and cry out to Him. And this book will tell us how to do that. The good soldier knows that he is engaged in mortal warfare and he knows that the only way to succeed in the fight is to be proficient in the use of his weaponry. For the Christian, we are given the, honor, or the armor of God to put on every day and we need to know each and every piece that is good and what it's good for so that we will properly dress ourselves for the spiritual battle that we have every day. For the last several weeks on Wednesday nights, Gina and I have been teaching our children all about the spiritual armor and how to put it on. Because, my friends, our children are in a spiritual battle for their souls. And we as parents and teachers need to be reminded that we need to teach them more than math and science. We need to teach them how to stand up for Jesus Christ. And we need to give them the tools in which they need so that they will not be succumbed by the enemy, the devil. You and I would do well to learn the art of spiritual warfare if we ever intend to, to succeed in the glory of our Lord. The third thing that we need to be familiar with that a good soldier is, he is familiar with the strategies of his enemy. 
And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 reminds us that our, uh, that our enemy is ever active and never at rest. The enemy is shrewd and he's ever attacking. He knows that regardless of the trap, God always gives us a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that no matter what you're going through, God has already provided a way out for you so that you don't have to be overcome, but you have a door of victory if we will just know it and take it. The good soldier studies the methods of his enemy and learns his weaknesses so that he can exploit them to the fullest extent of his ability. The good Christian soldier needs to be wise in the ways of the devil, and he needs to know that the Lord Jesus is greater than any enemy that we will ever face. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am an overcomer because he has overcome the world. He is also, fourth thing, he is a fighter. If one thing could be said of the Apostle Paul, besides that he was a great missionary, that he was a great teacher, that he was a, a, a great expositor of Scripture, he was a fighter. And, and Paul, writing to Timothy, he says that I have fought a good fight. He said, I didn't give up, I didn't quit, I continued on. Paul makes three statements in verse 7, and I want to just read it to you again. He says, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. These three faithful sayings of the Apostle Paul should be the faithful sayings of every Christian believer. First of all, it tells me that he is determined. The good soldier does not retreat in the face of an enemy. He does not run from a fight. Instead, he stands his ground. The Bible says that when we've put on the whole armor of God and we've done everything that we need to do, stand and don't be moved. Don't run. Don't be coward. Stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time the church stop being pushed around and start standing up. Holding our ground. It's time we take back the gates of hell. It's time that we move forward instead of backwards. Be a soldier. Be a determined soldier. The sadness is that so many Christians have dropped out of the race. They're not even sitting on the sidelines anymore. They're not even filling the pews. They've just quit coming. Time that we get back in the fight. So I'm calling all of the Christians back to the Lord. Back to church. Back to the fight. Back to the work. So that we can move forward for the glory of God. It's time that we stop watching from afar and start being near to our Savior. It's time for us to be determined that I will be a good soldier of the Lord. I want to be counted among that number. And let me just remind you, if you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not yet counted among that number. So today is a day that you can give your heart to Jesus. He's not only determined, he's driven. The Apostle Paul said, I've fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I'm driven. I'm not going to stop short. I'm, I'm crossing the finish line. I don't have to be first. I'm just going to finish. 
good soldier realizes that the battle does not run according to his time frame. He knows that another is in charge of the duration of the battle. But a good soldier is driven to the finish. A good soldier is in the battle till it is over. Are you? Have you ever thought about what it would take for you to quit this morning? Oh, maybe if somebody said something that I didn't like, I'm done. Or maybe the music wasn't what I wanted, I'm done. The preacher didn't preach the way that I wanted him to preach, I'm done. What would it take for you to be a quitter this morning instead of driven, determined, standing your ground? I hope there's nothing... I hope there's nothing that would cause you to give up on Jesus, for he didn't give up on you. He went to the cross. He didn't just go to the cross. He died on that cross. And then he went to a grave. And he said, I'm no quitter. I'm not dying and staying dead. I'm no quitter. I'm going to finish this. I'm going to defeat hell. I'm going to take the keys, and I'm going to unlock death in hell. And I'm coming back for my children. And Jesus is coming again for his children, for his army. I want to be a part of that army, and I want you to as well. Don't be a quitter. Don't give up on Jesus. I challenge you, serve the Lord faithfully every day. And then Paul said he was dedicated. I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I have kept the faith. The good soldier dedicates himself to keeping his oath. Next week, if this is okay, what I'm about to say, he's back there, he's not even paying attention. I want to show you what it means to take an oath, to stand up for something. You know what I'm talking about. Paul said, I took an oath of faith. I gave my life to Jesus. Because Jesus gave his life for me. And the apostle Paul said, I have held on to that faith. It's not always been easy. Not always been pleasant and not always been acceptable. But it got me through. It kept me till the end. The Apostle Paul in a Roman prison it said, I am ready because I've kept the faith. The Apostle Paul was a good soldier of the faith. He keeps it by living it, sharing it, defending it all the time. The faith of the Lord is precious to the good soldier and he does everything in his power to keep it pure and undefiled from this world. And the last thing that I want you to see is he is a finisher. In verses 7 and 8, it just kind of comes together. He has a resolve. The good soldier is in it for the long haul. He doesn't quit at the first hint of trouble. He finishes his race our prayer as Christians needs to be, Lord God, 
Give us the attitude as Christians of finishers. We need more soldiers that will stay with it, even in the hard times. He has a reason to stay with it. Why does the good soldier endure the hardship to stay in the fight, follow the leader selflessly? The good soldier knows that a great price was paid by his superior to make a place for him in the army. The good soldier knows his Lord loves him, and Jesus died to make a way of salvation for him so that he might serve under him. Therefore, he loves the Lord, and no price becomes too high for the good soldier to pay. And then he knows that in finishing, there is a reward. The good soldier finishes his course because he knows the end of the war is near. And every deed will be rewarded by his commander-in-chief. For those who stay in the battle, there will come a glad blessing day when we will hear from our commander, well done, my good and faithful servant. What will be waiting for you? What words will you hear from Jesus when you stand in his presence? Will it be, why were you sitting on the sidelines? Why were you not even seen near the fight? Or will it be, well done, my good and faithful servant, because you never left the fight? As we celebrate Memorial Day, we're reminded of the soldiers that paid the ultimate price for the service of our country. But as a soldier in the Lord's army, causes me to reflect upon the many who have paid the ultimate price for the advancement of the gospel. Causing me to ask, would you classify yourself as a good soldier of the Lord today? If you're like me, and you listen to what I've said, you probably feel that there are areas in your life that you can do much better and you need to be a better soldier in many areas. I am so convicted of that. And yes, there's areas that I can improve in, but I'm thankful that I'm still in the fight. That I'm still a soldier. I'm still in submission to my Lord. So I challenge you to come. Come before the Lord, the Commander-in-Chief, and ask Him for your new marching orders. And listen as He gives them to you. If you have never joined the army of the Lord, today would be a great day for you to sign up. Now, there's no, there's no clipboard. There's no dotted line. There simply is a brokenness of heart. A willingness to recognize that you are a sinner and you cannot do anything 
for it for yourself apart from what Jesus Christ did on Calvary's cross when he died, buried and rose again for you. And by the blood you have been forgiven. And by the resurrection you have been given promise of eternal life. All you have to do is pray and say, Lord, I want what I need that only you can provide. Save my sin-sick soul from hell and from me. Surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Join His army and become a soldier equipped for battle. Because when our commission is over, we want to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I want to be a good soldier of the Lord. You can be a good soldier of the Lord. It's totally up to you. You need to decide today, will I follow Jesus or not? We're going to have a time of invitation, a time of reflection. I don't even know what time it is, so I guess that doesn't matter. So uh, Ron's going to come. I want to just ask you to stand to your feet with every head bowed, and you can sign off online if you want. Uh, Thank you for watching and worshiping.